Book of Nehemiah. Get back in the book of Nehemiah. We've been looking at the book of Nehemiah from this thought of working for the king. We looked at uh, chapter 1, listening for a call, listening for that call. Then in chapter 2 and 3, we uh, learned lessons in wall building. Then, Then we looked at learning to live with our enemies. That's what we're doing today. We have to live with our enemies. You, you have to live with those who don't like you, those who hate the cause of Jesus. Everything up to now has been physical work on the wall, but tonight when we do some spiritual stuff, spiritual work, move, not from, move from the physical work and going into a spiritual work in our hearts, in our lives, the souls of these Israelites that have come back to the country that God has given them. I want you to notice tonight what it takes to accomplish a spiritual work in somebody's life. It it takes a tool. It takes something specific to accomplish a spiritual work in people's lives. And if you had the King James Bible in your lap tonight, you have that exact tool that you need tonight chapter 8 verse number 1 and all the people gathered themselves unto one man into the street that was before the water gate and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded of Israel and Ezra the priest brought the book brought the law before the congregation both men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month and he read therein therefore the the streets that was before the gate water gates and from the morning until midday now can i say this we need more book the bible in our lives and in our churches and our homes today we need the word of god in our country to heal our country our country needs a healing today we need to bring the book back in to the church again he said, and he, and he read therein before the streets that was before the water gate in the morning unto the midday. Now, I'm going to pause right here and say, if you can't thank God for nothing else tonight, you can guarantee you this ain't going to last no six hours. Because that's when he started. It was break of day, six o'clock in the morning, first hour of the day, and to the moon, uh, noontime, that's the day, time of day, they quit. For six hours, this man stood there and preached the word of God and, and told him about it. You can be thankful for nothing else. You can think that I'm not going to stand up here and preach for six hours tonight. Amen. I don't think I could do it. But that, that's just what the book said it happened. It said all these people stood there from morning time the first hour of the day, 6 a.m., the Jewish calendar, until the midday at 12 o'clock, and they're standing there for six hours listening to the fellow preach the Bible. Now, we run a little past 12 o'clock in the daytime. Y'all get kind of upset with me. Some of y'all probably thinking, oh, my God, the rapture's about to take place now. The tribulation, the great tribulation is done started. He's gone past 12 o'clock. I got lunch. I got to get done. I'm not going to preach that long. What I'm saying, these people stood there for six hours and listened to the word of God 
That's some dedication. That, that's some dedication. Watch what it said about the dedication there. They weren't moaning and groaning and griping and complaining. They stood there. They were standing there saying, give us more, preacher. Don't stop. Just keep on going, preacher. I ain't heard anybody say that. <laughs> we're hungry for the word of God. Give us more, preacher. I ain't heard anybody say that. We're thirsty for the word of God. Give us more, preacher. I ain't never heard anybody say that. They hanged around for six hours, and he kept giving it to them. Verse 4, And Ezra the scribe stood upon the pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood uh, Melithar and Shemaiah. And, let's go down to verse number 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. Go to verse number 8. So when they read the book in the law of God, distinctly gave sense and caused them to understand in the reading. Verse number 18. And the day by day, from first day until the last day, he read the book of the law of God. Verse, chapter 9, verse number 3. And they stood in the place and read the book of the law of the Lord, their God, one fourth part of the day, another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord, their God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Help us to realize, Lord, we need you more today than we ever had. Father, let us lean on you tonight, Lord, and we ask you to just lift us up and encourage us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You say, what's going on here, preacher? To take the work, what's going to take for the work of the king to get done? We, we should uh, go and, and get some God to do something spiritual in our lives. What's, what's it going to take? Well, I just read it to you in a span of 21 verses here uh, from chapter 8 to 1 and verse, chapter 9, verse number 3. Six times a phrase is repeated itself over and over, and that is the book, the book, the book, the book, the book. If you want to get something spiritually done in your life, it is the book that you need to get a hold of. It's that elementary. It's that basic. When they ain't putting more, more from the book, you ain't getting more from the book in your life, you're not putting more book in your life. I'm telling you, it's so elementary. And basically, it is one of the key main ingredients of the Christian life, and that is for you to put the book in the center of your walk with God. Anything that's going to get accomplished, anything that's going to get done, it's going to take learning and loving the book tonight. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. You'll never be able to be what God wants you to be if you don't know the book. You've got to have the book. If you don't know the book in your lap tonight, you're, you're, you're actively learning, preaching, teaching, and listening. You're not actively reading the book. If you're not into the book, you're not doing it on your own. We wait for the preacher to preach the words. We wait for the teachers to teach us in Sunday school. But what are you doing at home? Are you opening your book? Are you getting into the book? Are you reading the Bible at home? You're not listening to preaching. I know because I live in the state before not reading the Bible and putting any of the book in practice either. I've lived there before. Living the Christian life goes hand in glove with exactly how much of the book you are willing and taking in 
and how much you are willing to live out in your life. We've got to learn and love the book. That, that's what he's saying. They've physically been building up to now. Now they've got to get the spiritual part. The wall is completed. They've got to get the spiritual part. So we're looking at Nehemiah, the next step in our progression. The first thing we see in this, there's, there was a decline of the book. In other words, there wasn't much book preached until Nehemiah and Ezra stood up and preached it. They had left the book alone. Watch the admission they said in the decline of the book and their, their life in chapter 9, verse 33 and 34. It says, Howbeit thou art just in this day brought upon us, for thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. Neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, nor our fathers kept the law, nor hearkened unto thy commandments and thy testimonies, wherefore thou didst testify against them. You know what they, they said? These people are in bad shape. Why did they end up in bondage? Why were they in bondage like they were? Just because they got a, 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 a separated themselves from God, they turned it back on God, and now they're just coming back out of captivity. And they got in captivity because they rejected the Word of God. And now I, I don't care whether you're a, a nation or an individual, there is a decline of the book in your life and my life. The book must take center stage in your life. Not just in reading it, but it's got to be everything. Heeding that, that book in your lap, reading that book that's in your lap, knowing that book that's in your lap. Mark it down. Judgment is on the way. Don't care how spiritual you are or how long you have been saved. If you're a Christian tonight, you have a sharp, Decline of the book being pumped into you, into your life. Mark it down. There's serious judgment on this way today. God has always tied judgment in with the rejection of His Word. Anyone that rejects the book, there's a sharp two-edged sword on one side of the Word can be a blessing and the other side of the Word can be a blistering. We're living in a church age, church environment today where the churches have rejected the book of God. Most average churches don't have a Bible in the pulpit today. They have clowns in the pulpit today. I'm telling you, they, not, they have problems. They're, they're not feeding sheep, they're feeding goats today. The, the shepherds are feeding sheep, but they've got preachers that are feeding goats they don't have preachers proclaiming, thus saith the Lord. They don't have teachers feeding God's people anymore. It's nothing but stories and fable tales and, and, and entertainment. The people in the pews, there's light shows, there's music going on, an hour and a half, and then 15 minutes of somebody standing up here telling you what they like about their favorite baseball team or, or favorite football team, and then said, let's go home. They've never opened up the book. they never read out of the book, and they expect people to go to heaven like that. I'm telling you, we got a decline in the book in our churches today. Now don't get me wrong, I love singing. We got, we got some of the best singers there are. And I thank God for it. People love our singing. Our people talk about our singing all the time. But mark it down, we're not going to let 
singing becomes the priority in the church. The book is going to take priority. I want you to understand, you're not going to grow and mature and grow spiritually just from listening people to sing tonight. It's not going to happen. You're going to grow spiritually because the book is going to get pumped into your life tonight. And, and we're going to live in a church age where there's plenty of entertainment, but the very little Bible today. I'm just telling you the truth tonight. Regardless of the church denomination, there's a lot of different churches around here. They do a lot of different things. They, they act differently. They say things differently. How the Bible is being preached today, I, I don't know. Preachers get in the pulpit and talk about everything else other than the Word of God. They tell a few jokes to get everybody happy, get everybody going, and, and then, then they get ready to go home. And now all they do is go home and collect a paycheck. They haven't done anything spiritual for anybody in the church. They haven't given the Word of God, haven't grown, get a hold of it. If the Bible was in the, a lot of these churches today, it would tear them up. It would tear up all their theology, all their things. It, it would make them uncomfortable today. That, that's what got these people in trouble. They took and put the book away. And, and they went into captivity because they rejected the word of God. I, I see people today that's rejecting the word of God. Listen, we ain't got to play some Aerosmith songs, uh, get everybody happy to jumping around here. I, you ain't got to do that. You just start preaching the word of God, and that ought to bring happiness in people's life. It's not what we do and what we show. It's what God can do in you. There, there's been a decline in the book. Not only in the churches, but in our country. And probably in our homes also. There's a desire for the book. These people were hungry. Six hours of getting the Bible pumped into them. And they're sitting there and listening. You know why they're so attentive? Because it had been so long since they heard the word of God. They, they haven't heard the Word of God preached to them. Do you realize some people coming out of Babylon had never, ever read the Bible, heard the Bible? They were born in captivity, coming out of captivity. They didn't know what the Word of God was. Nobody told them. Nobody read the words. Nobody kept the Scriptures going. They, they went for all those years, and then all of a sudden, the Word of God and commandments of God are laid out, and, and the preacher is preaching the Word of God, and they're going, nobody told me about that. Nobody said anything to me about that. And there was a desire for the Word of God to get into their lives. And I believe we need to get that desire back in our lives and, and to have a hunger for the Word of God. If you don't like the book, this church is not for you. I'm just going to tell you. If you don't want me to preach the book, you need to let me go and I'll find somewhere else. But right now, it's the book that we're going to, it, it, it's the book that has the highest priority in our lives. You know why a lot of y'all came back tonight? Because y'all crazy. 
when you come back over and over and you come back to hear the word of God over and over, you've got to have something going on in your life to make you come back and hear the word of God being preached. That means you're crazy. You've got to have more of the word of God. You've got to hear the word of God preached to you. Because you ain't going to get it pumped on the loudspeakers in Walmart. I'm just telling you that. And I can take you to some churches today that you're not going to get it in the church today. Especially when you bring up a version that I have no idea what they're preaching out of. It's King James Bible. That is the word of God is what we preach today. The people had a desire for God. You know how we're going to work for God and build something for God? For the king, we've got to have a desire for the word of God tonight. I, I, I like to brag on God's people. I, I like to brag on the people that God has put me beside of in this church and what they mean to me. Uh, we've come a long way. But it's the people that stick by, the people that keep going on. They, they have a desire for the Word of God. They want to see things grow for God. They want to see a work for God. And, and I, I, I have to brag on y'all for God putting you in my life and placing me where it's at and placing you in my life. i got to brag on that. How the book is dispensed. I, I want you to see this. We read it, but I want you to see it again. How the book gets dispensed how do we learn it how do we love it it's the same way they did in the text look how god dispensed the book verse 8 4 and ezra scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood which made for the purpose now let me, they stood on the pulpit at that time we don't stand on the pulpit now but the pulpit is set up higher it's not because i'm higher or anything else it's because we elevate the word of god we want the word of god lifted up high that's, that's what it said he, he had the word lifted up high he was high enough that everybody could see and understand him and it said and ezra opened the book in the sight of the people We do it pretty much the same way. I come up here and open the book up. And when he opened it up, all the people stood up. Ain't that what we do here? Is that not what we do here? We're, we, I mean, it seems like this has been going on since the, this time in, in, in Israel. When they came back out of, uh, out of captivity, they're doing the same thing that we're doing today. It has not changed. And can I say if it has been working since then, it should keep on working. I'm stuck in the old time religion. I don't need something new. I, I don't need a new version of the word of God. I, I just take the word I've got. To, and people say, well, it's got flaws here. It's got flaws there. I need something I can depend on. And this is the word that I'm going to depend on. Amen. 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 We got a lot of things. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all that people answered. When Ezra got happy, blessing God, and all the people said, Amen. <laughs> Ain't that what we're doing here? Do you see exactly what we're doing here? They've done the same exact thing. They're lifting up the hands. Sounds like what we're doing here. Ezra walked up and opened the book and said, Bless the Lord. Ain't God been good to us? And the people said, Amen. That's what we do here. 
and they bow their heads and they worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. I've seen people come to the altar, bow their heads and worship God. Tears fall down from their faces. That's what's happening there and that's what's happening here. Watch how God dispenses the book through preaching and teaching. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctively. He's reading this so everyone can understand it. That's what I'm doing. And it gave them sense. That's, ex- that's expounding the, the passage so that uh, it makes sense. How many times you read a text I, I, and often wondered, what does that mean? I, 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 I encourage you, I, I implore you to start doing word search. Just take the words. When you come to a word in the word of God and it just don't, that you don't understand it, start searching that word. Do a study on that word. See where it first mentioned that and get the Bible. It'll tell you. You'll be amazing at what goes on in the word of God. And all of a sudden you start doing that and you go, whew, I didn't know that. That Man, that's just exciting. I can understand it now when I get into the search and I can understand it, you know, that's what it is. And he calls them to understand the reading. That's personal application that's going to give you illustration and inspiration that is causing you to say, how can I apply this to my life? How can I make this fit my everyday life? The book is dispensed through preaching and teaching. How can I learn the book? You ain't going to learn it sitting at the house all the time. Got to be at the house. You can't just get it from the preacher, hand feeding you a little bit every Sunday, Sunday night, and when you can't get it that way. You can't get it from the Sunday school teachers teaching you a little bit of that way. I got what I know about the Word by sitting on the pews in churches from years and years and years from preachers standing up preaching to the Word of God to me. That's the way you're going to learn. Somebody preaches that Word of God, expounds on it, explains it, makes sense, and gets it in your mind that you understand that. It comes from daily Bible reading. Do we have daily Bible reading in our lives today? Daily Bible reading. It comes from reading. How's God dispensing the book? Verse 18. Day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. You, you learn the book not just by preaching and teaching, but daily reading. Personal scriptures. Search the scriptures. Let the scriptures speak to you. There's nothing more wonderful in the world than when you sit down and you get in your closet and you open up your word of God and you start reading in God and all of a sudden something hits you like, wow, I've never saw that before. I didn't get it that way before. And God whispers in the ear and says, I'm talking to you. It's not the preacher talking to you. It's not the teacher talking to you. But now God says, I am talking to you about my word and how to apply it to your life and get you on the track that you need to be on. The Bible says the word is quick and powerful, 
sharpened than any two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing the sun of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the mirrors, and in the discerning of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. It is a living book. There ain't nothing more precious to know that God is talking to you when you're reading the Word of God. Just let, just let God come out of the words and soak into your heart and God will start talking to you about His words. Daily reading, you've got to read the Bible. You've got to get into it. We see the design of the duty of the book. What did God design the book to do? What happened when the, when the book gets preached and read in the hearing? Verse 9. And Nehemiah, which is in the uh, Tarsthai, which is just the governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the scribes, and Levites taught the people. They said unto all the people today is a holy unto the Lord. Your God mourneth not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. What? No pumping, no priming. They just read the word. Don't take some powerful gospel song to get them pumped up and primed. Go. Here's the word. Here's the word. No, they, didn't. He just, they just read the law to them. We don't have to play some uh, uh, ZZ Top or anything to get somebody's attention. There are a lot of songs, they take his uh, 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 secular music and, and they stick words about Jesus to him and trying to accomplish it. That, that's not the word of God. That's not God. God, take the old time gospel songs. And they all that there in the congregation banging their heads together, lights out. Like, I mean, this is in churches today. You can, you can see them on YouTube. There's all kinds of churches out there like that today. The book brings agony when, it's, agony when it's read. Verse 9, as soon as he got done preaching the teaching of the word, people weeping and broken over their sins because such agony. In verse 9, preaching of the book is not always pleasant to your life. In fact, when the word of God, it highlights our shortcoming, it highlights our sins, and God magnifies it in our hearts so much that when we start reading the word of God and God sees something in you that needs to be out and God pinpoints that area of your life that's not right with him and he'll shine that light on it, it just brings that agony in your life that you've got to get rid of it. And until you get rid of it, God is not going to let you go. There are many times there must be a negative before there can be a positive in your life. And before we can get positive, verse 10, there must be some agony, verse 9. What brings that preaching to the book? I mean, how many times in the book have you been preached to your life? When it's done, you're broken, you're crying, you come to the altar saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I, I, I didn't realize I was doing that. You didn't see it until the preaching of the word of God shined a light on your sins. The book does that. That's what the book does. How are we going to do a work for the king? We've got to learn the book. But watch what happens when agony comes on and the design of the book. After the agony comes on, we have uh, alleviation in verse number 10. 
Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat fat and drink and be sweat, and send portions unto them to whom not, nothing be prepared. For the day is, not whole, is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Carnal Christians living like hell and the devil will quote this verse over and over and over and over and over. And I'm so tired of them using the word of God to try to alleviate their sins that make it God's fault. Let me tell you what. God says your sins will find you out. And when God takes the word of God and points your sin out, you ought to do something about it. They say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. They don't even know the Lord. They're living out in this world like hell, and they don't know the Lord, but yet they'll quote the Scriptures. You don't have any joy apart from having agony over your sins. Do you see where the joy comes from? Verse 10, it comes directly from the heels of them being, being in pain and remembering what God had done for them in the book. If you ever dealt with your sins in verse 9, you have no joy until it's over from verse 10. There's no joy in the Christian life outside of obeying the book. Preacher, I want joy in my life. It's real simple. Read the book. Obey the book. Joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Don't read a book. Don't obey the book. Don't expect to have joy as a Christian. Don't expect that. When you get saved, God puts something down inside of you that has joy over all this. If you're living outside of this, you may have temporary happiness, but you'll never have joy. Never have joy. We see design and duty of the book. It brings adjustment in our lives. Watch how it makes the judgment. Verse 14. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses and the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month. And they should publish and, uh, and proclaim in all the cities in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount and fetch out olive branches, pine branches, myrtle branches, and palm branches, and, bring, brought, and brought them and made themselves booths. Everyone upon the roof of the house and upon the courts and upon the courts of the house of God and in the streets of the water gate, in the streets of the gate of Ephraim and all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and they sent unto the booths for since the day of uh, Joshua the son of Nun also unto the day that had none of the children of Israel has done so and they were great gladness. Gladness came when they were Adjusted when they got a readjustment. When he readjusted their life. The book said, you see what the book said? For them to do, sounds crazy to me. Just plumb saying, go, go, go and gather all these branches and make your booths, make your little lean-to. They got houses. They got houses there. Lord, I, why, why should I do so? I got a nice house over here. I can lay down over there. God said, no, no. That's not what you're doing. I want you to go and I want you to make you a booth. I want you to make a lean to. I want to get you to something. He said, I want you to live in this booth for this particular days. I got a nice house, but that ain't what I'm telling you. 
I want you to get some palm branches and wood and make your booth. Well, preacher, that's just dumb. We've got a house. I don't understand why. Because the book said so. You see, when they done they had what they God had told them to do, then they got readjusted, then they got great gladness to come in their life. When you start doing what the book tells you to do, and it may sound crazy to you, it may sound absurd to you, but let me just tell you, when God tells you to do something, He's not telling you just to make fun of you. He's telling you to get you realigned and readjusted back in His pathway. You know why some Christians will never have gladness in their life? Because every time the preacher stands and preaches out of the book, some carnal Christian will say, well, I don't know why I have to do that. That just don't sound right to me. I can't live that way. I don't understand why I can't go there. I don't understand why I can't drink that. Because the book said so book said so you're going to miss out on some real enjoyment of the Christian life because you refuse to adjust to as it is written some of this stuff sounds crazy but God said to do it and they did it they did it if you're going to have some enjoyment in your Christian life, working for the king, it's going to take you loving and learning the book. You cannot just wait to Sunday and say, well, preacher, give me some scriptures and I'll learn on that. No, you've got to take this book home. You've got to open it up. So, Lord, show me. Show me. There's, I'm telling you, there are some words in here. If you don't do a word study on it, you'll blow your mind what those words really mean. It'll blow your mind. But you got to know the book. If you want to get something done for God, you want God to move in your life, it starts right here. It starts right here. And if you ain't opening it up at home, shame on you. But it starts right here. Amen.